Hello ladies, if you are fed up, confused as hell, or just over all the drama around weight loss, you are in the right place. My name is Bonnie LaFrac and I am your host here at Unfuck Your Weight Loss, where I help you make weight loss easy, achievable, and even fun. Because what is more fun than becoming exactly who you want to be in the body you want to be in? Let's take the shame and bullshit out of dieting and weight loss and lose the weight for the last time. Ready? Let's go. Hey, yo, it's Bonnie and welcome back to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. And today we're talking about my most favorite topic of all. I'm kidding. Deep breath is probably my least favorite topic because it's my Achilles heel for sure. Maybe also yours. And you're thinking, hmm, what is my Achilles heel? What could be the least favorite topic in relation to weight loss? Maybe it's something that's not even on your radar, but I will cut to the chase. Feelings. I know, cue the music. Whoa, feelings. You really don't want me to sing, do you? I'm sorry. Okay, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. When you're trying to lose weight, you discover very quickly how much you might use food and alcohol to deal with feelings. If we're used to eating and snacking and grabbing and looking and taking food every time we're stressed, overwhelmed, anxious, bored, lonely, angry, you name it, then suddenly we're making a concerted effort to not snack, not eat between meals, not overeat. We're paying more attention to what we eat. We might be weighing things, measuring things, pre-portioning things, and suddenly there it is. We begin to notice the uncomfortable feelings. So at first, it's okay. You know, there's this thing called willpower, <laughs> discipline, and, you know, all the grind and hustle uh, to help you lose weight. And you just are told to put your head down, to stay in your lane, to put your blinders on, to, you know, focus on your goal, ignore everything, pretend it doesn't exist. Uh, maybe make a list, right? I've done this. Make a list of all the things you can do instead of eating, like go for a walk, clean out a cabinet, go brush your teeth. And my old favorite, go lock yourself in your room. And in truth, all of those work. And I'm not saying you can't do any of this, that stuff. In fact, I would say it's probably very helpful to have a list of actions you can take when you're, you know, roaming your kitchen. What else could you do? Um, but think about it. In reality, a lot of times this is happening. It's a Friday night. It's 8.30 p.m. Are you really going to leave your house for a walk? I mean, it could be pitch black out. It could be uh, snowing. What are you going to do? And, you know, chances are a lot of times we find out that we're experiencing feelings at the end of the day, because we're really tired. We're like overtired, um, you know, and, and this, and this happens for different people at different times. You might be someone who starts their day really early. And so by three or four o'clock in the afternoon, this becomes the witching hour for you. For a lot of my clients, uh, what I hear more often than not, um, 
you know, it is this whole like end of the day drama going on. I've had such a hard day. I need to relax. I need to let off steam. And, you know, the habit's been to go open the cabinets and to start eating, maybe even to start eating while you're making dinner. You know, if you're not getting home till 5.30 or 6 o'clock at night, we kind of start that process then. The I've just walked in the door and I'm starting to do all of the eating. And many of us, uh, because of COVID, might already be working from home and we're in our kitchens all day long. And, and I've been working from home from like pretty much 2015 on. And I'll give, my, I'll give you an example about myself that I've noticed. When I have to sit down and do a project, like I have to create something and I have to do it and it's on a timetable and people are looking for it. In this moment, I find myself getting up to go look for something to eat every single time, literally. And I'm not even hungry. And clearly, it's procrastination. But it's not just procrastination, right? It's easy to say it's procrastination. There is some kind of feeling under it. Procrastination is, you know, a self-sabotaging type of thing that's happening. And self-sabotage is really the the brain trying to give you some self-preservation to help you not feel feelings. And so when I really think about it, a feeling I don't want to feel is fear. And that whatever I'm going to create just is not good enough. And I think if I really try to tap into it, that's just me all day long. And recently, and similarly, I had a client tell me, you know, she was mostly working from home. And once they, you know, she was kind of nervous about going back into the office. In the office, there's the something they have called the snack closet. And she started to notice she would go to the snack closet whenever difficult emails hit her inbox. So she started to notice this pattern. These emails come in. And it makes her obviously stressed out or tense. That's when she would get up. And knowing this, and I'll get to some steps you can use, knowing this is really priceless. Um, but what happens, maybe this, maybe this isn't you. Maybe you're um, not starting to eat at 4 o'clock or 5.30 or you're not even working from home. Sometimes, and this might be you, it's after the day is done. We're packing so much into the day. We're, you know, filling our calendars, filling our plates, so to speak. Go, 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 go. And then the day is done. It's 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. And suddenly everybody's gone to bed and there you are. And maybe you have the story about, hmm, now it's my time. It's my turn. I need a reward. I need to relax. I get to be by myself. And there we are finding ourselves settling down in front of the TV with that bag of popcorn. I don't want to go to bed. I didn't get any me time. And this all really seems kind of logical, right? That is our, our brain is really voting for this. This feels good. We're driven towards that reward, the pleasure of sitting down and watching whatever, you know, TV show you've recorded or whatever's on and just being by yourself eating hand to mouth by yourself. Our brain will even go as far as to convince us that because I'm doing this by myself, that this is self-love. This 
is self-care. This is how you take care of yourself and prioritize yourself, right? And if you really think about it and listening to me talk about it, it does sound fucking ludicrous. Self-love or self-care is me sitting down in front of the TV at 10 o'clock at night, mindlessly eating popcorn, watching TV. That's my big reward, right? For what I do in the world. For my magic, this is the reward. Repeat after me. No, 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 no. Got to think bigger than that, right? Is this the reward that I deserve for being me? No, right? My own brand of magic, this is what I get. Um, This is not the reward um, to sit in front of the TV and not go to bed. Is the the reward you really do want, is it to feel great physically, to be well-rested, to be able to slow down, to give yourself a break? And I know it seems really foreign, like what, give myself a break, right? I have too much to do. I'm so overwhelmed. And so we wait to the end of the night and think this is how, you know, this is how we reward ourselves. Now, if you're, if you're listening and you're like, how does any of this have anything to do with weight loss? You probably are a lot like me. I, for a long time, poo-pooed this whole idea of feelings having anything to do with weight loss, right? But hear me out. How are you feeling? Have you really ever asked yourself how you're feeling? I, I mean, I get it. Right now, all the time, we see somebody, we're like, hey, how's it going? How you doing? What's going on? Everything's good, right? Nobody really wants to hear like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you asked. Everything for me is terrible. I feel awful. I feel all of these things. Yeah, nobody wants that, right? Uh, (laughs) We just go through life, you know, putting, so to speak, the lipstick and all the pigs, pretending everything's happy. And maybe you relate to this. I think a lot of us uh, women who are very capable, very bright, go on to be the overachievers, the the perfectionists, the people pleasers. You're in the right place. You may have grown up with the big girls don't cry. You're fine. Get over it. Never let them see you cry. You're tough. You can do this. It doesn't matter. Get over it. (laughs) Put your head down. Keep smiling. And uh, these days, I think they call that toxic positivity. And I did kind of catch myself uh, the other day. I said to my husband, you always land on your feet, right? And then looking back, I'm like, oh, that was actually toxic positivity. So I I have to go retract that. But I will say in my defense, I did acknowledge that what he was feeling. Um, So it was a kind of a combination. But most of us were raised that way, raised in this, you know, buck up kind of way, you know, don't, don't cry, don't have feelings, suck it up. And what happens, as you can imagine, is we do suck it up. We suck up a lot. We suck up a lot of food. We suck up a lot of alcohol. We suck up a lot of our feelings. Um, and I'll give you an example of how it might go to check in with yourself. So for example, you're really angry. And you could say, right, to somebody, I would be angry too. It's okay to be angry. Tell me how it feels. 
right? What is it? How does it really feel? So a lot of us can identify feelings. We can, we can say, I feel angry. I feel resentful. I feel overwhelmed. But how does it really feel like in your body? No one ever really teaches us to feel our feelings. We are you know, taught pretty early that some feelings are good and some feelings are bad, but nobody really teaches you how to feel your feelings. Tap into how does anger or overwhelm or defeat feel with a capital F E E L in your B O D Y. How does it feel? Where do you feel it? Is it like getting punched in the stomach, in the back? Does does your throat tighten up? Do you get lightheaded? Do you get a pain in your eye? Does your back start to hurt? Do you just feel frozen, powerless? Try to describe um, even further. Maybe you uh, hear or feel a buzzing, a humming. Does everything go black? Can you tell like your peripheral vision uh, starts to leave? Do you get this light feeling or a heavy feeling? Does the feeling have a color? When you can really start to describe your feelings... And as crazy as it might sound when we do this, we really get that awareness around our feelings and that we are not our feelings. We are not, like I can be angry, but I'm not angry bird, if that makes sense. And we really start to experience the feeling a little bit more quickly and we actually get to process the feeling, not just walk around with. I mean, you can, you can stay angry for, you can stay angry, disappointed, defeated, all of the feelings for as long as you want. I am not advocating that every time we have a feeling that doesn't feel good, that we try to get rid of it. I think we actually want to go deeper into the feelings. And I know you're probably like, what is happening? What's happened to Bonnie? Where'd she go? But I am telling you, listen to me. This is really the missing piece to weight loss. And if you're not ready to go there, it is okay. It's taken me decades to get to this place. Um, I, I think a lot of us are really good about identifying or even intellectualizing our feelings. Um, and that's okay. You know, step one for you just might be noticing them. And I can just allow them to be there. Uh, A really great analogy is this idea that um, a picture yourself in a car. And this is not mine. I've definitely, I want to say it's Elizabeth Gilbert who came up with this. Uh, Imagine you are feeling angry or overwhelmed or disappointed. Those feelings can be there. Allow them to be there, but not be in charge. So, for example, you get to drive the car, you get to drive the car, and anger can go sit in the back seat. Disappointment can go sit in the back seat. They're not driving the car, you are. And we, so we can take these feelings with us um, if we're not ready to process them or we're not ready to let them go. It is okay. Not every feeling needs to be dismissed or to let go. So here's the thing. Um, I'm going to put this into steps, although my brain doesn't really work in steps. If you're listening to these podcasts, I know they probably sound a lot like you and I are talking on the phone, like friend to friend, just telling you what I've noticed. Uh, But for anyone 
else when we're not yet BFFs, I, I think it would be helpful to put this into steps and then to really let you see how this could be part of maybe what is missing for you with weight loss. So, because I'm guessing you might be someone who identifies as an emotional eater. Okay, so here we go. Step number one, willingness. I know, right? You gotta be willing. You have to be willing to approach weight loss in a different way. This is coming at it in a different direction. It doesn't mean that all we're going to do is sit around and feel our feelings and it gets us skinny. <laughs> Although that would be amazing. It's, um, you know, it's not there. Our brain's going to tell you that is never going to work. It's just a waste of time. Just tell me what to eat. Tell me how much to eat. If you tell me what to eat and how to eat, and I'll just do that. That is how our brains work. And all of this other stuff, I get it. All of this feeling stuff does seem like a huge waste of time, a massive detour. It feels um, silly. It feels feely. It feels like we just want to say, fuck your feelings. Um, and I get it. And maybe that's what this podcast episode should be called, fuck your feelings. But that's what we've been doing our whole life, right? Is pretty much been told to go fuck your feelings. And so bear with me, willingness, even the willingness to consider that this could be the path that you have not gone down yet. So ask yourself, how willing are you? How willing are you to trust that there's more to your weight loss than just calories? We have to go underneath, like, why am I consuming the calories? Where are the calories coming from? When, when do I find myself eating? Why am I eating? And that just makes sense. And you're probably nodding your head right now. Maybe you've even had a light bulb experience right now. Um, but there's, I'm not even talking about the energetics of weight loss or weight release, but really being willing to look at if emotional eating is the problem, macros, for example, are not the solution. So if emotional eating is the problem, then looking at the emotions is the solution. So are you willing? Number two, awareness. So if you are willing to go on this journey with me and look under the hood, so to speak, and see what is there, and even if you are afraid and you're still going to allow it to be, we can just all have the feelings and nothing is going to happen. I promise, even if you slowly but surely start to feel the feelings, and then if you don't want to feel the feelings, you can just still put them aside and still not eat. I know, right? We can, we can have feelings. We can acknowledge feelings. And one of the feelings you might actually be having is just an urge, the urge to eat. And we can have all the urges. We can have all the feelings. Even if we don't want to fully process why, we can allow them to be there. They can bounce around in the backseat of the car and we can still be fully driving in charge and not be eating. We want to get awareness around the triggers. Start to notice in your life when uh, some of these things are happening, when you're starting to feel exhausted, overwhelmed, anxious, angry. My guess is that there's also a little bit of habit kind of built in, in there as well, right? It's not just all something triggers you every single day or every single hour, but some of it is habitual. Like, I'll give you an example. I think our brains are smart enough to get ahead of a situation, right? There's part of our brain is really good at 
automating, at becoming very habitual. And so our brain wants to get ahead of, huh, I don't want to be overwhelmed later. I don't want to feel anxious later. So even before that could be possible, let's eat. When you come into the house and you look around and you see maybe it's a big mess. My kids didn't clean up. Oh my God, there's a big pile of bills. Um, Instead of really, I don't know, looking at the mess, having thoughts and feelings about it, having thoughts and feelings about the bills or whatever is happening when you get home on the regular, our brain just has us go to the refrigerator, just go into the pantry, just go into the cabinet and let's start eating to avoid what we think is automatically coming. So we want to have awareness around around our life. What is going on on the regular? So number one, You do have to be willing. And number two, you're going to have to be aware. And with awareness, just notice um, you're going to want to judge a lot of this, right? The judge is coming to be like, oh, that is so stupid. Why did you do that? That doesn't make any sense. But we want, in the awareness, we also want to come as the detective, like a scientist. We don't want to be judging because that's certainly not going to help us. Um, I also think about situational awareness when I think about awareness, like going for a walk. When I walk and I go out of my house, um, I go down, you know, a neighborhood, I really try to have situational awareness. I'm looking around. I'm trying not to be distracted. I'm almost always having my headphones in my ears, yet I don't ever listen to music. Sometimes I listen to a podcast or I just record my own stuff. Like I am talking into my phone and creating this content. So chances are you're now listening to a podcast that I put the bones together while on a walk and I was practicing situational awareness. So, um, you know, so I'm not abducted. (laughs) And so like a deer doesn't jump out of the woods and bump into me or some weirdo doesn't get me. Um, And I think we need to have more of this situational awareness in our own lives right? That we're aware on purpose. And the more aware I am, our brains start to be like, oh, yeah, that's not very relaxing. That is not how we relax. It's not how we just sit down and eat a handful of Cheez-Its. If I have all of this situational awareness, I can start to override what my brain wants to do automatically. Moving on to number three, P-A-U-S-E, pause, pause, stop. You just have to allow yourself to take a deep breath in this moment. And one of the things I found super helpful, I've picked up along the way, you know, in my own journey on how to get awareness around what I was doing. Like this idea of like what I would get up from the computer and I'd start looking around in the cabinets for something I did not need. I did this. I stood up. I put my hand on my heart. And I'm doing it right now as we speak, just this one motion. And it kind of of brings me out of my head and into my body. I feel the connection of my hand to my heart. And honestly, it feels kind of nice, kind of comforting. And I could ask myself, like, what is it that you're feeling? What are you looking for? What do you need right now? (laughs) And I know you're probably like, who the fuck is this lady? Where's Bonnie? Where'd she go? But if we're going to solve emotional eating, um... We can't just solve it by going for a walk every time. I mean, that's great. I love walking. Don't get me started on walking. Walking is magical. 
um, as are you, uh, but we just can't deny feelings. We can't always bury feelings with other actions. The feelings are still there. And I think we really want to be okay with them. It's part of the human experience. We just don't get out of this life without those feelings. So if we have willingness and we have awareness and we have pausing, just the pause. And I'm telling you, putting your hand on your heart and asking yourself, what do you need right now? I think it's going to work for you. As much as you're eye rolling and you're about to message me and be like, just give me the damn macros. (laughs) Try this out. I can still give you the macros. Okay, so number four is really going into this check-in, right? Checking in. We've we've done it all. We are willing. We have awareness. We're pausing. We're going to check in with ourselves and ask ourselves, what are you feeling? How does it feel? What do you need right now? And as you're checking in, if it's difficult for you, maybe think about it like this, right? If you have a kid, um, and I have two nine-year-olds, so it's it's something I can tap into pretty easily. But check in with your nine-year-old. What happened? What's going on? What are you feeling? What can we do about it? It's okay to be angry. It's okay to be overwhelmed. It's about being curious, like a curious, compassionate parent. And if you're like... I do not have curious and compassionate parents. It's okay. It is okay. You get to be a curious and compassionate parent for yourself. And I get it. A lot of us, when we start looking back over our childhoods and we, at some point, as we were becoming adults, we realized our own parents were these imperfect humans that that became parents. And then they did what they did based probably on what their parents did and so on and so on and so on. And I'm not going to get into generational trauma right now, right here, one, because it's really not my forte. I'm not trained in that way, but I recognize it for sure. And what is wonderful is that it does not matter about the past. The past is not going to get you to your future. And I get it. Your parents, your mom, your dad, whomever raised you, maybe they weren't really very compassionate. Maybe you're thinking they never really got to know me. They never encouraged me to show my feelings. All they did was tell me what not to do, what to do, how to do it, how not to do it. And basically to shut up, suck it up, be quiet. (laughs) Um, And if you're listening right now and you're feeling triggered, that is okay. Me too. I get it. I totally do. Um, And I do think this is an opportunity to give yourself that level of love and compassion. So number one, we're going to be willing. Number two, we're going to have awareness. Number three, we're going to pause. And number four, we're checking in with, with ourselves as the curious and compassionate parent. And if that is triggering, you're the curious and compassionate scientist. You're the curious and compassionate Um, detective or teacher, right? You're that, you could check, you could be checking in as the curious and compassionate higher universal God. Um, And really asking yourself some of these questions, right? Like I said, I really did find that putting my hand on my heart and just saying, what is it that you need? Right? The answer was never crackers, (laughs) (laughs) Never once has the answer been crackers. It's not the crackers. Um, 
And it's okay if this sounds really scary or crazy, that's okay. Just stand up, take a deep breath, stretch your legs, um, and then sit back down, right? It's just baby steps to do this. Um, so when you do a little bit more work in the self-love, self-care arena, um, you are going to realize um, that it's never going to be perfect, and it's okay. Even if you were raised to do everything perfectly, right? You were the get the A plus, to be number one, to make all the teams, to always be successful, to always try your hardest, um, right? And it never felt like it was good enough. Part of caring for yourself and showing compassion to yourself will be allowing things to not be perfect after checking in with yourself, okay? It's okay. You, right? Not every, not everything is always going to be perfect, especially if you have been using food and alcohol and you've been an emotional eater for a long time. This is, this is going to be something new. It's a process. It doesn't have to be perfect. And then, um, you know, number five is kind of pulling all this together. We want to, we want to take a deep breath and decide what we're going to do right now. We're going to check in even a little bit further. Are you actually hungry? Are you really hungry? Is there actual physical hunger here? Um, because that is also something that is part of losing weight. It isn't all about just grinding so hard through physical hunger, at least not for long-term weight loss. I mean, there are times that you will be hungry and it is okay to be hungry. And that might be part of step five, too, is to really, you know, try to give yourself a rating on a scale of one to 10. How hungry am I? Or to really calm yourself down. There are times, and I think it happens with weight loss and with dieting, that we're almost afraid of hunger, that we're almost trying to get ahead of hunger. We're al- and that's why we sometimes eat, too. We have this a, a lot of feelings and habitual action around not wanting to be hungry or hunger is bad. And so I'm just going to eat so I don't feel hungry. And I think really getting in touch with true hunger is important. And to also not keep pushing hunger off as if it is a bad thing. We are humans. We are in need of actual food and fuel to sustain ourselves. Um, So we're just getting started on feelings. This, um, like I said at the very beginning, this is a, a strange new land for me, <laughs> feelings. It's, it's a tough one for me. I can intellectualize um, all the thought work. I can intellectualize feelings a lot and feeling feelings um, is new to me too. One of my favorite expressions, however, has always been food doesn't fix feelings. Um, it doesn't fix feelings. Food has never fixed feelings, nor does alcohol. Um, And obviously with my clients, we do mostly talk about food, but alcohol, of course, plays a part in this too. When we drink, we're lowering our inhibitions, obviously, and that opens the door for drinking more and then usually eating whatever, having a huge case of the fuckets. So this, you know, eating and drinking can go kind of hand in hand. Um, My clients and I work on this all the time inside Self-Made. you know, we talk about food and alcohol and how you really can't escape feelings in weight loss. I mean, you can escape for a short period of time. Um, but really, the reality is 99% of weight loss is not about eating, and I'm using my air quotes, the right combination of foods 
or the magical macros or the exact right number of calories. It really comes down to overeating, eating when we are not hungry. We are trying to feed ourselves out of feelings. We're trying to overcome feelings, drown feelings, push feelings down with food and alcohol, and it just doesn't work. It works in the moment. It's a nice distraction. It feels helpful, but ultimately it's not. And then, of course, we've eaten the things, um, the things that we said we weren't going to eat. And now, whatever I was feeling before, which caused me to eat, now we're going to heap on some new feelings like regret and maybe some guilt, maybe even some physical feelings like, oh, I don't know, nausea. Um, But really, checking in with yourself would be the one thing um, that I think would be really helpful. Obviously, if there's something else that works better for you, because I'm all about not just gathering information, not just listening to me talk, but finding something that is useful for you that you can do right now is to check in and ask yourself, What is it that you really need? And what is the worst that could happen, right? You could stand in your kitchen right now. You could put your hand on your heart. You could ask yourself what it is that you really need. And the answer you come up with is marshmallow fluff. (laughs) And um, while I don't think it's probably marshmallow fluff, if that's the answer, then that is the answer. So like I said, this was just sort of the tip of the iceberg. I really do think that... um, when you're looking at long-term weight loss, we need to go really past the calories and past the food choices and the recipes and all of that. So I'm going to ask you a favor. I would love your five-star review. And I really don't ever ask for those things, right? That's probably my own fear. Um, But I'm going to take up some space today and I'm going to ask for a five-star review. If you want to leave comments, like Bonnie is the best. That's cool. If you don't want to leave any comments, that's cool too. But the more five-star reviews I can get on this podcast, the more I can reach people and help them on their own journey. That's how it works. It's the algorithm of podcasts. And if you're not already part of my free Facebook group, please hop over and you can find it. It's called Food Fitness Fat Loss for Real Life. It is free, but you do have to ask to get in. Okay, that's it. Have a great week. Feel your feelings. I promise it'll be okay. Thank you so much for tuning in to Unfuck Your Weight Loss. The next step, of course, is to take action on something we discussed because implementation beats information all day long. If you enjoyed this podcast, thank you for being here and please leave a review wherever you tune in for all of your podcasts. Please be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Looking forward to dropping all the F-bombs with you next week. Have a good one.